Hey, it's Andrew. Uh, Just a quick note before the podcast gets rolling. Uh, This is one I recorded a couple weeks back, but I'm trying to put something out each week because most of us are all stuck in quarantine. And if you're a play therapist or someone who's used to being around children, having a little bit of inspiration during this time hopefully is helpful. So here's one from a couple weeks back that I didn't release because I mentioned inside of it that I was going to put out a podcast on COVID and decided not to and then I decided to do it but I think this is worth sharing anyway so here it is I hope you enjoy hello and welcome back or welcome for the first time to playtime my name is andrew barnett i am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, north carolina and this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy and child therapy coming at both of those things from a child-centered perspective And today on the podcast, I want to chat about how talking to children can sometimes be overrated. We have a sense as adults that it is important to have direct conscious conversations with children about certain things to get them to share their perspective about those certain things. And that assumption about the value of those conversations exists both for children in their home environments and their school environments, but also exists for children in therapy. So I'm going to start off with an example from a consultation group that I'm a part of while sharing as few details as possible to uphold the confidentiality of said group. But it came up in a discussion in that group that someone was seeing a child around the age of seven or eight who had communicated to their parents that... They wanted to die and had communicated that, I guess, on several occasions. And this was something that was communicated by the child to the parents, but not by the child to the therapist. So the therapist working with this child was now privy to this information about the suicidal expressions that this child was making, but did not have the child knowing, at least at the time of this group, that the therapist knew about any of those expressions. And so there came to be a dilemma for this particular therapist, and that dilemma essentially was whether or not to talk to the child about these suicidal things that they had said. And there were a variety of opinions regarding this inside of the room from telling to not telling and some of the reasons for telling were based around liability and that sort of thing and I'd like to leave that issue to the side making decisions in your practice based on liability makes sense it's something that maybe all of us have to do at times it's certainly an important part of documentation for any therapist but When we're talking about liability, we're no longer talking about the experience of that child in the session and their healing journey. Likewise, the parents might be presenting us with this information because they would also like for us to talk to their child about the information that they are presenting. However, that's another reason that doesn't have anything to do with the child in particular and has more to do with the parents and maintaining relationships with the parents is important and providing them with a level of assistance in this situation where their child is obviously struggling or providing them with some reassurance about 
the care that we're providing for their child might be important in this at this juncture. But again, that's not rooted in the child's actual experience of healing and evolution inside of therapy. The situation I just described is a situation I have been presented with before, and I have made the call in the past to have these direct conversations with children about things from their lives, never really asking them questions about these things. It's generally more in the vein of letting them know that I'm aware that this thing happened and just presenting it as a as a thing, and then they can choose to either hold on to that thing and say more about it or name that they don't want to talk about it, or simply just move on and not talk about it, and I'm accepting of them inside of that space. But at this point, I don't even know what the value is, necessarily, in presenting that thing in the session to begin with. And I'm of the opinion, and I'm open to being wrong, as always, that there is no need to have a conversation with someone who doesn't want to have a conversation about a particular thing. And there's also no need to, say, interrupt a person's healing journey in order to discuss something. Being forced to talk about things we don't want to talk about is something that, you know, no one really likes. Um, And children especially are subjected to those kinds of conversations often on a daily basis, or at least being talked to about things that they don't want to be talked to about, or having to participate in discussions of their behavior or discussions of what they're doing wrong or whatever it is that um, that they're just not really interested in doing. And we can judge them for that. We can say that they don't understand that talking about this thing could end up being valuable to them in a way that they may never comprehend. I'm willing to trust them on that. And when I named at the beginning of the podcast that this podcast was about liberation and play, there is something intangibly valuable for every person on this planet to be able to have a space that is their own where they can say whatever comes up for them and do whatever comes up for them. And children are so naturally drawn to the medium of play. And play, when you're in that space of play, and this might take anyone listening to this if you're not a child, and I don't know why you would be listening to it if you were a child. So it'll take a little bit of imagination on your part, and if it's possible for you to be closing your eyes right now, that could be helpful in this exercise. But I'm assuming, because you're a person, that there was something that you liked to play when you were a child that could be as simple and straightforward as a sport or some kind of competitive challenge, or it could be as imaginative and complex as some long narrative that you had with a friend of yours or with a sibling or like roles that you took on often or worlds that you created, maybe even by yourself. It doesn't have to be with other people. And when we get into that space where for a child, say, there's this like, I'm just existing in this and time starts to not really exist and effort starts to not really exist. You enter into this flow of being that is its own world and is its own thing and has its own set of rules and has its own set of emotions and roles and dynamics and you've escaped for all purposes. You have escaped from your life 
from the things that you could normally get caught up in, from the stresses of every day, from yourself. And whatever lenses you started to get locked into or whatever roles you started to get locked into in like the real world. And you get to inhabit something different and be something different and explore something in a different way. And sometimes when you're playing something, it, or when a child's playing something, it does look like their life in a lot of ways but inevitably it evolves or sometimes it just really doesn't it can feel more like a fairy tale or a myth or a just inhabiting a struggle in some sort of way like kids kids play out all kinds of things and explore every sticky aspect of the human experience But I feel less concerned in this podcast in trying to detail exactly what kids play and want to more just name that space, that space of being liberated from your experience. Because that space is truly a healing space. Someone being connected to all of themselves is healing. Someone who has a relationship to their unconscious and through play is able to make their unconscious conscious. Play is this beautiful interweaving of the conscious state and the unconscious state. And when those things are woven together in someone's lived experience, they're integrated and they're whole. And they're generally, like, happier and capable of evolution and development. And all of that comes from play, from the experience of play, from the lived experience of play. And, you know, if a child tells me or I hear from a parent, that's generally more how this goes, that they don't want to live anymore... I generally don't feel any need to talk to them about that. It's not because I don't want to talk to them about that and have an honest conversation with them about that and hear their experience and and get to know that better. And then like I can have this hope that our conversation could lead to them having a different kind of experience with it when these feelings come up later on. Like that's all. That's all well and good. I just don't actually trust that that's what happens when you're talking to a six-year-old about something, especially when they've been expecting something else in this relationship, when they've been used to something else. It feels important for us always, but especially as therapists, to be able to take the things that children say seriously. And there's a difference between a child feeling such a level of distress in their experience in a particular moment, which is the result of whatever's happening from them, it, them inside and in their past and the things they've gotten locked into internally. It's a reflection of, say, the dynamic between them and the person who they're expressing this to. It's also about maybe whatever sort of fight or point has led to them saying this. I mean, often this these things can be said, uh, say, in the height of a, of a, uh, a fight or an argument about something. And so... If that's the case, then there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of value in us attempting to go back to that moment, which was the result of maybe a long and intense period of disagreement and pain within an individual who's not actually in the room right now, and that talking about this experience in this state isn't actually helpful in that other state because that other state is an escalated state anyway. And there are things inside of that child internally and things regarding their dynamics with other people 
their projections, their lived experience of things, and those things can be dealt with through the medium of play. And if those are parts of their experience that they're outletting into the room, if therapeutic work is happening inside of the space, then interrupting that to have an unhelpful conversation isn't respecting and valuing that liberating quality in play where someone is able to inhabit this other kind of experience, flow with their conscious and unconscious, explore what they need to explore from their perspective at their pace in order to heal, in order to get to that place where they're not wanting to die anymore. I had been toying with the idea of doing a a podcast on like how to talk to your child about the coronavirus and somehow ended up on this one instead because I mean it would seem uh, I wouldn't want to go as far here as to say that conversations with children are are pointless that's 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 not the case children being connected to reality is important I think adults taking the time and energy to answer children's questions about life is also important and that it would be a big jump to say that that talking to children in general even in conversations that are say adult-led is a waste of time it's not that's not actually the case. But it does feel safe to say that conversations with children, especially children of a certain age, are overrated. And that a lot of those conversations can be either eliminated entirely or done very simply. If there's like a simple thing that we want a child to know, we can just tell them that thing. But attempting to explore, say, a four-year-old or a six-year-old's understanding of life in a certain kind of way is not actually how they learn about the world and engage with the world. And the world can be a really intense place for a child to be connected to. Children are are pretty scared of lots of things, have lots of fears that seem irrational to us about, say, the dark or like clowns or any number of other things. There's always something that children are scared of, or at least it seems that way. That thing just changes with time. And kids can't play all the time. There's times to do things. There's, there's a, you know, life needs to happen and evolve and move. But how kids evolve and grow and change their relationship to their environment and to themselves is through the medium of play. Not that it can't happen in other ways. I'm sure it can, and it does. Not that, you know, there aren't natural growth processes that happen in all of us all the time, but play is this very fertile ground for growth and healing and evolution, and the quality of it where it feels like you are inhabiting something that is separate from your environment. You're escaping the sort of day-to-day reality that could either be kind of scary or the expectations placed on you are difficult. You could be so many different things that can get in the way of a child in reality just being comfortable. But that in play, it's so encompassing and it's so all-consuming that reality just kind of disappears and there is a liberation and there is a return to the self 
that is so important. And when we feel that space in a child that we're working with, that they have liberated themselves from their reality and are just experiencing the play and all of its joys and ups and downs and just the way that they're thinking about it and talking about it. I mean, if you have a child in, in your space with you who is just sunk into play, it's, it's hypnotic. There's really, there's really not anything else quite like it. And at least for me, like that's, that's really the space that I'm, that I'm looking for when someone comes in. And especially if a child's been sort of in and out of connecting to that space or has taken time to get into that space and has done sort of things in the room that don't feel like it's really taking them into that, to that, whatever that is, where time seems to disappear and your whole internal schema has shifted into whatever this play is. Like when that's entered into for the first time, it's so exciting to be there with someone in that space. And it feels like that is truly the goal of a lot of what we do. And if we're in that space with a child in a session, then we've met that goal for that session. We've entered that space and we've allowed the self-actualizing process to begin. And that's all that I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. It helps the show get more reach. Check out the child-centered children's books at barnettchildtherapy.com, which is there with other content. If you want to get in touch with me, then you just should. And my email is barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com. And I will see you next time.